Hello all, my name is Captain Kat 17 and I welcome you to Not An Actor. Join me as I learn about stage voice and camera acting. As we journey, please keep in mind that I am not a professional actor. Hence the name of the podcast. We're learning together. And today we are talking about what makes acting good or bad. And additionally, I want to apologise if this episode is slightly shorter. I don't actually know yet, because this is the intro, but I'm working on a pretty big episode coming up soon with quite a few people, so it should be worth it. Let's jump right into what makes acting good. Slate.com says that first, an actor is good if they make you believe that they are actually going through whatever his character is going through. Talking somewhat about physical stuff, like they really are in pain or they really are jumping off a moving train, but mostly about psychological stuff, like they really are scared. They really are in love. If an actor seems to be faking it, they're not doing their job. I mean, think of all the times you've been watching a show and saw two characters looking at each other and thought, They're totally in love, like Orange is the New Black with Alex Foss and Pepper Chapman. I mean, people constantly go on about how they look at each other. People are so convinced by their performance that the actor of Alex Foss, Laura Prepon, constantly receives comments asking if she's ever caught feelings for Taylor Schilling, just as she receives comments asking the same. I love Orange, I had to mention at some point. So we we got out of the way. Slate also mentions that actors should surprise them. There are many ways an actor can surprise. Gary Oldman and Johnny Depp surprises by being truthful while playing multiple, very different roles. Jack Nicholson surprises by being surprising. Even though he's not a chameleon like Oldman or Depp, you never know what he's going to do next, but whatever he does, it's grounded in psychological reality. It never seems fake. Let's move over to Backstage.com, who says, The simplest way to determine whether or not you're watching good or bad acting is to determine how it makes you feel. They also mention, many would argue, that it's even harder to get an audience to laugh than it is to cry, which I agree with. An actor's timing and delivery must be airtight and absolutely impeccable. They go on to later say, making risky decisions, like bearing it all nude in a scene, does not equate to a good performance. But that kind of dedication can certainly ignite greatness. Academy Award winner Kate Winslet, for instance, was at one point renowned for better or worse for her comfort with nude scenes. We move on to our next website, independent.co.uk, whose insights came from a Shakespearean director, as they noted in their article title. The subtleties of acting are the most important, argues director Marcus Geldel. Get Geldel? I don't whatever. They also note Jack Nicholson's ability to surprise, like Slate mentioned, but also looks like Independent directly cited Slate, so that's probably what- oh, they really did just copy and paste from Slate. Or maybe Slate copy- whatever, moving on. Something very important is that the actors know how to listen. It's fascinating to watch actors when they're not speaking. Some are too caught up trying to remember the next line or whatever it may be to totally focus on whoever it is they're acting with. Bad actors don't listen. They deliver a line, they deliver a line, pause for the other actor to speak, and then they deliver the next line. When they're not on, they're off. Good actors know that speaking is just 50% of the job, said HuffPost.com. A bad actor does what non-actors would do when told to act. They just say the words in the script and don't put anything deeper into them. This is said by a Reddit member, but we'll go back to Reddit a bit later. In order for an actor to be believable, they have to convince their audience by showing, not by saying. Show don't tell. An actor can have a very intense script to work with, but if they can't show how they really feel, they are bad at their job, says nemidinsider.wordpress.com. And going back to HuffPost for a moment, emotional armour. When I watch actors, I want to see vulnerability. One skill, 
great actors have is allowing themselves to be emotionally naked in front of strangers. This is extremely hard, and we spend our lives learning not to do that. Now, I don't want to just add this on because it was mentioned, you are allowed to be emotional, not just on screen but off screen too. If you want or need to cry, do it. Do what you need in order to express yourself. In fact, knowing how to express yourself and let your emotions out could possibly help you in your career. But that's coming from me, who once again is not a professional actor. But what if we want more insight than just these few articles from Google? So I asked members of Reddit and a few Discord communities including Voice Acting Club, Voice Acting Cafe, Casting Call Club and of course our podcast partner Actors Network Community what they thought makes acting good and what makes acting bad. I ran out of breath like five minutes ago. I don't know how I'm still talking. It may be good to pay attention to the overlap that we see through various different locations and people. We'll start with Reddit. The first user to respond to my post was the realist nerd 11 who said, the acting can be good while the script isn't. I think it can be a mixture of both but leans more towards the actor's ability. Timing is a key, certainly miscasting and people being a typecaster a thing. Overacting can be good, depending really. I think the best acting is that when you lose their even acting and they convince you that they are the character. As to where not as good acting, it feels like you're watching a performance. Now, even though it might not be the best grammar, I can't really tell. I do agree. If you can't be fully immersed in the story, it will be apparent in the viewer's mind. But I don't want to note here though that I added some prompts on the Reddit post to get people talking because I wanted to receive longer answers, but on Discord I left it simply because, from my experience, conversations happen a lot more easily on Discord than on Reddit. Two more users tipped in, OwnPrimary5315 and The Blade Runner. Let's start with OwnPrimary's input, who said simply, When you can't tell how they've prepared their acting, you can't tell what choices they've made. And then the Blade Runner joined the thread by saying, good acting is giving a truthful performance. It's walking that fine line between the objective of your character and the confines of the scene or obstacles. This applies to both drama and comedy. Bad acting, simply put, is when you try to force it. The reason good acting is good is because it's honest. This is usually what people mean when they say their favourite actor is unrecognisable, aside from prosthetics. The actor is bringing such authenticity to the role that it stops feeling like a story is being told by them, it becomes a story they're a part of. This is incredibly hard and usually requires years of training and moulding, which is why it looks so easy. The work is anything from easy. A great actor can make a bad script much better, but in my experience there is a limit. A lot also depends on the directing, editing, cinematography and set design. And then Euphoric Wash 5659 came in and said, good acting is grounded and subtle. Big and animated equals bad acting with newbie actors usually. Subtle yet strong choices make strong actors. And then after that, Formidable Cat chipped in about an hour later saying, good acting means being able to make choices and take directions. Your job is to do that. Apart from that, the problem might be that the actor was not well directed, the script was awful or they were not well casted. But that's not the actor's fault. Now, all is well and good with that, but casted is not a word and that really annoyed me. So cast, the past tense of cast is cast. 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 (laughs) Moving on to voice acting club. One member said, there are a lot of factors, but authenticity is a huge one. We need to actually believe that the character is saying those things, as opposed to hearing an actor reading the lines off a script. 
A good performance will immerse you in the media, but a poor performance can be distracting. And I agree, if you aren't immersed in the story, if you don't believe that this is an authentic and true performance with real emotion, you cannot like it, really. Or, well, maybe you can? I- you cannot- you cannot- you cannot say with full confidence that it is good acting. The same member also mentioned that a bad performance can come from totally opposite approaches. An actor who sounds way too flat or wooden without emotional commitment, or an actor who is so focused on performing that the line sounds like it's just a showcase of how technically good they are, rather than sounding like they are allowing any authenticity or vulnerability to come through. This person really popped off actually. They sent me a whole essay, but I'm not complaining. It gives me more minutes. <laughs> Other factors can sometimes come into the mix too, like technical constraints. For example, sometimes in dubbing, there's almost no way to make a given line sound natural because it has to be written a certain way to match lip flaps and translation. Which, yes, that is a huge constraint on dubbing artists. Hell, that's one of the reasons people hate dubs. I'm not gonna get into that though, that's a whole other conversation. I for one think it's a dumb conversation, but it's a conversation nonetheless. But if you thought that person gave an essay, wait till you hear what the second person who chipped in said. That's a really good subjective question. As acting is an art, and beauty is in the eye of the beholder, applies here, what makes acting good for one person, or for a particular purpose or context, can make it bad for another. However, that's generalizing a lot, and you're probably looking for an answer related to analyzing the quality of a performance more so that it can be appreciated. The person above gives the true-to-life contemporary understanding of that from the actor's and audience's perspective above wonderfully, so I'll give the acting theory TM perspective. They did actually put the TM there. Since the early 20th century, with the advent of the Stanislavski method differentiating between the presentational and representational portrayal of characters while emphasising the latter and it growing into what we know today as method acting, authentic and believable performances have been favoured in most contexts than not. While strictly presentational acting with an emphasis on the explicit imitation of emotion does not exist today. It's typically tied to older traditions and plays which are not typically part of modern entertainment. Example, Kabuki Theatre from Japan. Representational acting is prized for its ability to deliver the nuances of a character, and thus story, and bring it to life by invoking emotion. Witnessing a person display these emotions not flatly as if they were just reading the words from script, and not over the top as if they were overcompensating, finding that balance grounded in the nuanced identification and evocation of that emotion, absorbing and reflecting the context, it allows for the audience to connect with the story so much better and find genuine immersion and satisfaction from the content. My throat hurts after that. I've been thinking for a while how to possibly expand on that, but my mind has drawn a blank for this one, so we'll move on to what other people said. So thank you to Lady Stardust and Norman Bradley for chipping into the conversation. Members of Voice Acting Cafe said, Gotta say it's the understanding of character and tone that's important. If you're able to understand the scene and how the character express themselves in that situation, it'll sell it. Which yes, I 100% agree. If you can't be the character, it'll be very difficult for people to believe that you are the character. So thanks for your input Val. Also, I want to just say that I wrote on my script, it'll be very difficult for pets to believe that you're the character. Your pets won't believe it. Your dog? Nah. Cat? Nah. Your fish? Nope. Definitely not. Your... And then we got a short novel, but still a novel, from Equi saying, 
For starters, Val's advice is pretty spot on. You want to become the character, not read their lines. Adding to that, what I mean is to place yourself in their shoes. Far too often I'll see roles that call for heavy emotion because of a certain scenario, and too many people fail to deliver because there's not enough emotion being portrayed. If you're supposed to be an abusive character, I need to hear shouts that can inflict trauma, not the petty yelps of a novice. If you're a soldier taking fire, I need to hear the desperation, fear and strength in your voice instead of a royalty-free soundbite. Next I'd say is clarity. Sometimes people just read through lines at Mach 2 and end up pronouncing some words as if they were chewing bubblegum during the recording. I've seen some people who speak English as a second language act out lines better than those who speak it as their first and possibly only, simply because they understand to take their time in reading the lines. The point of acting is to let the emotions and thoughts behind the words sink in and give them meaning. When you cut time because of some invisible deadline, you cut quality. Take your time, read the words carefully, and let it flow. Another thing for me is the human element. You have to consider every scenario that your character is in and replicate the conditions in your head. Let's say for example a character just arrived on scene after running for the past 5 minutes. Far too many times I will hear people act out this kind of role as if they never ran in the first place. When exerting that much on your body, you will hear it. Your voice is hoarse from the wind rushing into your throat, your lungs are struggling to regain balance, so your breath is uneven. Your legs are on fire from running so long, you're sweating, flushed, and you have a bit of a tummy ache. It's all these small factors that you have to consider to convincingly convey a character's voice. And like I will with probably most of these, I fully agree. The only thing I have to input is that I hate that you use the word tummy ache. I don't know why, but it irks me, so... Equi, please don't use it again? Thanks. <laughs> and then Bean chipped in saying, like Equi and Val both said, being able to use and portray emotion effectively is essential in acting. Even if the character has no emotion, it's still about using emotion, or lack of, to portray that. A key part of this is a technique by Stanislavski called emotion memory. It's where you analyse how a character is feeling and find a memory of yours that makes you feel a similar emotion. When I studied acting in college, not everyone, including me, had the ability to cry on command. Being able to portray the emotion is essential, but being able to portray it convincingly is the real key here. As an example, for one of my pieces, I sang Michael in the bathroom. During that song, Michael is having a panic attack, and not only did I have to imitate that, but I had to cry. During the entire performance, I was replaying anxiety-inducing moments in my head and using that feeling to give a convincing portrayal. As well as emotion, you have to be able to do research and understand characters. It's no good you playing a character who, for example, is being bullied if you've never been bullied. Linking it back to Stanislavski, you can't use that emotional memory if you've never been bullied. So researching short and long-term effects of bullying, mental health issues linking to bullying, and interviewing people who have been bullied, or interviewing bullies themselves, all helps to find a link between the new emotions and the emotions you're familiar with. So to summarise what being said, acting from experience really helps build how well you can portray that emotion. Casting Call Club users added that art is subjective, which yes, yes it is, but that's not what I'm looking for, so we'll ignore that one. <laughs> the same person also added that it's extremely nuanced, but there's seven areas of voice, seven areas of movement and some other things to take into consideration when performing a role. I think it's fair to say that accurately taking these aspects into consideration and performing them correctly would qualify as good acting, which is more like the answer I'm looking for, so thank you. They also went into what the seven areas of voice and movement are, so the seven areas of voice are tone, accent, pitch, volume, pace, pause, emphasis. I said that really fast. 
Let's see if I can keep it up for the seven areas of movement, which are levels, posture, proxemics, facial expressions, body language, gestures, and general movement. I did not do it as fast. I'm just going to clear up a few of these that may be slightly confusing just by their names. Levels are your verticality. Are you on the floor, crouched, sitting down, or high up? That sort of thing. It can be used to show power dynamics and other sorts of relationships. Proxemics is the space in which other people are to you and you are to other people. So, for example, intimate is like 0 to 2 feet, personal is 2 to 4 feet, social is 4 to 12 feet, and public is more than 12 feet. When strangers enter the wrong zone, we feel uncomfortable. Or at least most do. And then about 30 minutes later, Ryan H added his input by saying, I only consider acting to be bad when it's disingenuous. Objectively, The Room is a terrible movie, but people adore it because its acting is terrible in a comedic way. But if something is bland or boring, that can be almost as worse as something that's bad because at least there's something to be talked about when it's bad acting. When acting is good, really good, it hits different. The way the actor's body language works, the way they say a certain line, the look they give another actor. Joaquin, Joaquin, the guy who plays the Joker, he, he knocks out of the park. And then Ryan goes on to recommend a video that breaks down what makes Phoenix's performance incredible. I will leave the link that Ryan provided in the episode description. But he also added, of course context makes or breaks any scene. And if an actor doesn't work within that context, then it can definitely come across as bad. So thank you to Just Gabriel and Ryan H for your input. Members of the Actors Network community also said that good is naturally spoken, yelled, cried dialogue, and good timing. And bad is overacting and bad voicing. They didn't elaborate on this at all, but I do still appreciate their participation. Then another member chipped in later and said, when you're living truthfully under imagined circumstances, when you're actually listening, when you're actually doing, that's good acting. Anytime you're self-conscious, anytime you're unprepared, anytime you feel like you have to add something more or less to the scene that your instincts tell you to, that's bad acting. So thank you to Kip Nugget and Jade for your input. And thank you for listening to this episode of Not An Actor. If you want to find any associated links like the Not An Actor Discord, podcast page, acting resources, or even my social media, go to my.bio slash Not An Actor. Thank you and goodbye.